welcome to the Holy Trinity Upper School Podcast. The following homilies were recorded live in front of our student body at Holy Trinity Episcopal Academy located in Melbourne, Florida. Our chapels exist to proclaim the amazing grace of God in Jesus Christ, and it's our hope that these homilies will provide you with a measure of encouragement and comfort. Thanks for listening. reading from Genesis chapter 22. After these things, God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. And so Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away. And then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, the boy and I will go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac and he himself carried the fire and and the knife. And so the two of them walked on together and Isaac said to his father Abraham, father, and he said, here I am my son. He said, the fire and the wood are here, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. And when they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar and on top of the wood. And then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to kill his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the thicket by its thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. The word of the Lord. Okay, well, um, welcome back. Hope everyone had a good weekend. A uh, couple things uh, right off the bat. Um, I did get ordained Thursday, uh, and I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Um, I appreciate you guys uh, being a part of, um, uh, you know, engaging in the service. And uh, I know that that was a long time for you to sit there and watch a bunch of weird stuff going on. Um, but I um, have had a lot of time to think about it over the weekend, and. Um, Again, I just would, I, um, no, well, you know, uh, I wouldn't have wanted to be with anybody else. So I'm really thankful for all of you guys. Um, and it was a really big moment for me. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, a couple, couple things off the bat. Um, what changed Thursday? Well, for one, uh, you can, there's been a lot of questions about what you should call me. Um, you are welcome to call me Chaplain Jared, just as you did before Thursday. Um, If you call me father, I won't yell at you or anything like that. Um, uh, It is, it is, if it is your custom to call a priest father, far be it from me to, you know, make it awkward. Um, That, let me just explain a little bit of where that comes. It comes from way back um, in the New Testament, Paul uh, in 1 Corinthians and a couple other places, he refers to his, um, one of his disciples, one of the people that he mentored in the faith, uh, Timothy, he refers to him as my child in the faith. And so Paul takes this, um, 
kind of fatherly role with Timothy and throughout kind of church history, then priests would go by father. If that's your thing, if you want to call it, then okay. Um, I have kids. I don't need more. Uh, I, have a, I have another one on the way. If you just want to call me Chaplain Jared, totally fine as well. Um, secondly, and on that, um, this, I, don't, I didn't know I would need to explain, but I have gotten a couple questions. I am still married. Um, that was actually, that came up. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's a Catholic priest, our, our, our um, unmarried Anglicans. We can get hitched. So, um, nothing, I am still married. I didn't, that didn't end, thankfully. Uh, okay. So, um, and I think that's about it. But uh, just, that was my way of saying thank you for this weekend and uh, everything last week. So, I appreciate it. Okay. All right. So, today, uh, we are continuing on. We are kind of getting back into our uh, semester-long series through Genesis. And we are still in the story of Abraham. What has happened since we last saw Abraham was that he was given a son, Isaac, Remember, God had come to Abraham and made a promise to him that through him he would have a son and that through this son that God would redeem the whole world. And so he, uh, God gives him a son in Isaac. Him and his wife uh, Sarah have a son. And then years later, uh, God tests Abraham uh, by, and this is one of the most um, confusing and strange passages in the Bible. And so we're going to talk about it in about five minutes, um, which will for sure answer all of your questions. Uh, just kidding. Soren Kierkegaard, any Kierkegaard fans in here? I would love to know if there's a Kierkegaard fan in here. You and I would be friends. But um, he's a famous existentialist, which means he just wrote a lot of books about his imminent death. Um, but uh, he wrote a whole book on this passage because this passage was so um, confusing because God actually commands Abraham to do something awful. I mean, no one in here is looking at this passage going like, you know, if God commanded, you know, Abraham to like... Uh, I don't know. He's like, uh, you know, uh, don't uh, uh, give, give me some of your money. We'd be like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like, that's what I expect from religion and God. Um, but, it, you know, when God's like, hey, your son that I gave you, I want you to kill him. We'd be like, hold on a second. I'm, I'm, I got some questions on this. Um, this is one of the most confusing passages, and I'm going to try to just sum it up really quick. And really what this passage becomes is a Rorschach, te- a Rorschach test. What, how do you pronounce that, Dr. Booth? Am I, what is that? Never mind. Uh, it's one of those ink block tests, you know, where they, they just put a bunch of ink together, and they're like, what does that look like to you? And you're like a frog. And they're like, that was wrong. And you're like, well, how am I supposed to know what it, you know. Um, and then, uh, you know, and, and the idea of it is we project, uh, we project something onto it, and it means kind of whatever, whatever base presupposition we come into this with, it's going to find its meaning. So if your base idea of God, if your foundational belief of God is that he is a cruel tyrant, um, then this passage confirms everything that you need to know. You know, you would read this passage and go, I, see, I've been telling you guys after chapel every day, I've been telling you, everything that Chaplain Jared says about God being all loving, it's not true. And it, this just proved it because they read the passage where he tells them, kill your own son. I win. Um, if that is your basic foundational belief of God, well, then in this passage, you're going to see, um, see some, a God who, who orders uh, Abraham to do something cruel uh, and and. Because these tests, when he tests Abraham, what he's doing is he's, he's, he's testing his faith. And what, what I mean by that is if you believe 
if you fundamentally don't trust that God is good, and if you fundamentally don't trust that the promises God has made, that he will stay true to his promises, well, then when God commands Abraham to do this, it confirms everything that you've ever wondered about God. Because, yes, I knew it. I knew God was like this. He's an extortionist. He's doing everything. Uh, you know, he's creating a problem and then saying, well, you can fix it. You know, he's creating a problem that wouldn't exist and then saying, oh, I fixed it. You know, and, uh, but if you believe that God is ultimately good, and if you believe that God is ultimately true to his promises, well, then this passage um, simply becomes another example of God staying faithful to the promises he's made. What Abraham does is he gets this command from God, and he doesn't argue with God. Um, he doesn't fight God. As uh, There's a couple other passages before this where God tells him something, and Abraham actually barters back and forth with him. Uh, that he argues with him, and he kind of contends with God. But in this situation, he doesn't. And time and time again, as Abraham is approaching the moment where he would sacrifice his son, he continually um, shows that he actually believes that God is not going to make him go through with this. And what, he, what I mean by that is he believes that, he remembers that God promised Isaac would be the son through whom the world would be redeemed. And therefore God will not, um, will not he will stay true to his promise. And so, for instance, when it says uh, that when they get to the mountain, he tells the two people that traveled with him, he says, um, wait here, the boy and I will go up and worship. And then he says, we will come back down. You know, he's already saying, I, what God has commanded me to do, I'm going to obey him, but I know, I know that he will not force me to do this because God has promised. And then time and time again, Isaac's walking up and, you know, Abraham has told Isaac, hey, we're going to go make a sacrifice of something alive. And and Isaac and him are walking up, and Isaac's carrying sticks, and he's got a knife. And he, Isaac's like, uh, no, what are we doing? And Abraham's like, eh, you know, okay. And eventually Isaac's like, he's like tying him up. And Isaac's like, well, hold, hold on now. Um, but but the whole, throughout every time that Isaac asked Abraham, what, where, what are we going to sacrifice? Abraham responds, God will provide a lamb. God will provide a lamb. God will provide a lamb. A lamb. And so what it becomes is an act of faith of does Abraham trust the promises that God has made? Does Abraham trust that when God has said, I will make a great nation through this one, through your son, that, that he will stay true to his promises? And Abraham acts in faith to say, I believe that, I believe that God will provide a way out. I believe that God will provide a lamb. The other thing that this passage points to What's fascinating, if you actually look into this, um, that it will, you know, in one minute or less, um, Moriah, the place where they go to have this sacrifice, Moriah is another name, and, and you know, throughout history, names change of locations. Like this wasn't, you know, it wasn't like the Native American Indians here called this Brevard. You know, it's like they had an, another name for it. Um, that throughout time, names change of places. And if you trace Moriah, that name kind of changes around. They're actually in Jerusalem. That Moriah is actually where Jerusalem, God's city, where the temple would be built, um, takes place. And so what you have is thousands of years before Christ, you have um, a son being brought up to the mountaintop in Jerusalem uh, to be sacrificed for sins. And God spares Isaac. But thousands of years later, Christ would walk up that same hill. And Christ would walk up that same hill, and just like Isaac was silent... Just like Isaac didn't protest, just like Isaac trusted his father, trusted his father that his father knew what was good for him and had his best in mind, that, that, that Christ obeys God, that he trusts God. 
And in this situation with Christ, he was not spared. In other words, what God commanded Abraham to do, to sacrifice his own son, God uh, spared Abraham that pain. But God did that, did that himself. And that Christ is sacrificed for the sins of the world. So that you and I could hear the promise. The promise that we can trust because God himself has made it. That he knows each and every one of you. And he knows everything good about you and he knows everything bad about you. And that through his son he has bought you for himself. That he has provided everything that you need. And that he loves you and that he forgives you even today. Amen. Hear what comfortable words our Savior Christ says unto all who truly turn to him. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will refresh you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, to the end that all that believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And hear also what St. Paul says, that this is a true saying and worthy of all men to be received, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And hear also what St. John says, that if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Holy Trinity Upper School Podcast. Holy Trinity is a K-12 Episcopal school located in Melbourne, Florida. If you'd like more information about Holy Trinity, please visit us at our website at htacademy.org. Thanks for listening.